Welcome into Investment Insight. My name is Hayden Prophet, and today we have a very special guest joining us, Jonathan Burns. Jonathan, how's everything going? Hey man, doing good. Thanks for having me, Hayden. Good, good, good. So one of the things in the financial planning, financial services industry is that you always hear is the importance of having a will or some sort of prior planning. Right. But I hear that there's other options other than just a will. Can you kind of talk to yeah. me about, is a will really the only way that we have an option here for prior planning? Yeah, great question. Thanks for, again, thanks for having me here. Yeah. So, you know, we'll do, you know, wills versus trusts. Let's talk about that. So, yeah. so those are kind of the two main staples you'll see clients look at as a centerpiece of their plan. Okay, so we've got, you know, everybody's heard, most people have heard, right, of having a will that controls where your stuff goes when you pass. Mm -hmm. And that's really what a will does, right? It's just all about testamentary focus and who gets your stuff and all that. In the alternative, you know, some people might think about putting a trust in place instead as a centerpiece of our plan, okay? I'll tell you as far as what we can accomplish for how we leave stuff to future generations, okay? As far as being able to protect future generations from any type of credit or issue, okay? Or a bad marriage situation or potentially federal estate tax exposure down the way, we can get there, we can get to that same answer with a will or a trust, okay? It's just different how we get there, okay? And different for what we can do in the current, you know, for the client, um, especially between those two. So which one of the two avoids probate? Great question. I'll get, I'll get that question all the time and I would say there's some confusion oftentimes what with clients. What is probate? Right, right, right. Uh, probate, probate is all about transfer of assets, right? Transferring your assets that a person owns individually when he or she passes that don't otherwise have a beneficiary designation or a payable on death designation that say where they go, a contract you know, that says where it goes. Uh, with a will, I'll tell you, you know, your will is really not your will until the judge says it's your will, okay? So with a will, some form of probate is the necessity for it to be effective, okay? With the will approach, when we do that, you know, the, the only, I'll call it, follow-up uh, typically involved once you get documents in place is oftentimes we'll update beneficiary designations for retirement accounts or for life insurance, right? To be consistent with what the will says, but ownership of stuff, all right? So real estate, investment accounts, things like that, they stay in the client's name. Okay, so when, and when a person passes, if they've got, we'll call it some real estate just in their name, because again, with a will approach, we don't change title to that asset. We've got to go through probate to get where it goes next. And I'll tell you a lot of times, I'll get a, a, a response from a client saying, hey, I thought I've got a will. I thought that avoided probate. But again, I'll tell you, you don't avoid probate with a will. The will has to go through probate to become effective. And again, probate is all about transfer. Right. All about transfer. And in our industry with a will, let's go to the beneficiaries on our TOD accounts okay. or on our IRAs. So is the will over the beneficiaries on the account or is the beneficiaries on the account supersede the will? You got it. Great, great thing to bring up. So those beneficiary designations, right, they control. They trump, if you will, what the will might say if it says something different. We will want, you know, structurally, we're going to have provisions in the will or the trust with how we want a beneficiary to inherit. Right? So a lot of times we certainly want those beneficiary designations to be consistent with what the will says, what the right. trust says. So there's a lot of, we'll call it cleanup that needs to be done to get the full effect you know, for the documents that you put in place. Gotcha. Right. So difference out for the first, what I'll call in general benefit, uh, benefit or difference in a trust versus a will mm -hmm. is with the trust approach, right? To get a trust to do what it's supposed to do, we're going to put stuff inside the trust now. Okay, so that means we're going to retitle real estate inside of the trust. That often means those non-retirement investment accounts are going to move inside the trust. So it'll be a little more proactive. A little more trust, proactive. In a way. It, it is. You know, it, it's it's taking extra steps. We do under option two, the trust approach that we don't have to do under one. Yeah. 
but we do it and it's real simple. Okay, it's real simple to get a client to sign a deed to move a piece of real estate into a trust right now while they're still alive. Okay, and because we take those steps, we move stuff into the trust now, you know, our goal is to make sure that there's not something the client owns just in his or her name that needs to go through probate. Okay, it's already in the trust and the trust doesn't pass away. It just goes to the next round of beneficiaries. So the trust approach, one in general benefit to that is if we do all we're supposed to do, you know, me, you and the client, get things lined up properly, we can help it make things easier for the next in line, right? That they're not having to hire attorneys and go through court, go through probate to get things transferred. You know, again, the trust just, just has a continuous flow of who assets are for now. And so that is something we can do through the trust, again, is avoid that probate process, which at the very least costs money and takes time. Again, under option one, got to do probate. Option two, if we do what we're supposed to do, probate will not be required. Right. And is there different types of trust? Is it kind of, can you just hit on a couple yeah, yeah. real briefly on like the big three? The, you got it. The three main ones that you see the You most. got it. So any trust can help us avoid probate. Okay. Right. Doesn't matter what type of trust it is. I would suggest one other general benefit of a trust that may or may not matter to the client mm -hmm. is that we can get more privacy now versus, and now and later, I should say. Uh, what I mean by that is if we put real estate inside of the trust, you don't have to, you know, call the, call the trust by the client's name. You can call the trust whatever you want to call it, okay? And by doing so, you put a piece of real estate inside that trust that's just, we'll call it the ABC Family Trust, whatever you want to call it. You know, if somebody puts your name in the property assessor's website, nothing's going to show up any longer. So it can give you more privacy for people being nosy, trying to look up where you live, what do you pay for your house, what it's worth, stuff like the that. The appraisal is. This you got year. it, you got it. And then also I'd suggest more privacy on the back end, okay? Again, that probate process that we have to do with will, that is a public record process. So anybody go to the courthouse and say, hey, I want to see what Hayden did with this stuff. You know, how did the beneficiaries inherit? What's the structure? And get a copy from the clerk. Whereas with the trust approach, again, we're not going through probate. Okay, so all the details are private information. We'll still do, with a trust that is the centerpiece, we'll still do a just-in-case will, often mm -hmm. called a pour-over will, that says if we screw up, if we miss something, and don't get it in the trust before, you know, the person passes away, we've got this just-in-case will that sends it to the trust, again, through probate. Uh, but if we have to go through that process, that just in case will has no details about who inherits, what's the structure, things like that. So gotcha. in general, again, avoid probate with the trust, uh, more privacy now and later. Uh, any trust can do those things for us. But like you just mentioned, absolutely. You know, Tennessee is a great state from a trust law perspective. Our, our trust laws are super progressive you know, in different regards. Okay, We've got some trust for married couples that are focused on income tax planning for the surviving spouse that we'll touch on in a later episode. We've got another trust that's more so focused on asset protection for a married couple. And also we've got another type of trust that's also, again, focused on asset protection for married couples or single individuals that we'll also cover yeah. you know, in a future episode as well. So we've got a lot of good options here. You know, believe it or not, you can, you can Google this. There are companies that will rank states by which state is the best to use for certain types of trust. Mm -hmm. And Tennessee's typically in the top two or three in the country you know, for the wow. best state in which to form a trust. So the good news is you have options. You got especially options. Especially in the state of Tennessee. Absolutely right, so, absolutely right. You can live, awesome. I mean, it's, it's here certainly for those that live here, but even for those that live out of state, you know, having a few Tennessee connections can allow you to also use you know, our trust to take advantage of our laws. Perfect. Well, thank you so yep. much for uh, telling me the difference between a will and a trust. And I think a trust is something that we'll look forward to talking more about in future episodes. Sounds great. So, perfect. Thank you for tuning in to Investment Insight and uh, hope to see you next week. Thanks.